Welcome, dance lovers, to Ask a Dancer with Stacey Morgan. Hello and welcome to episode three of Ask a Dancer, a podcast where we interview performers across a wide range of performing arts genres. My name is Stacey Morgan. I'm the principal of Warhope and Port Macquarie Performing Arts, a dance school on the mid-north coast of New South Wales. But I'm also the host of this show. If you'd like to get in touch with me, you can tweet me at DanceQ&A. Make sure you use the hashtag AskADancer. I'd love to get feedback from the show, hear about guests you'd like me to interview, and of course, any questions that you would like me to ask. Today's guest is Timothy O'Donnell, current dancer and resident choreographer with the Milwaukee Ballet. This interview was recorded back in 2014, and at times, Tim will refer to next year, in which case he's speaking about 2015. Let's get stuck straight into the interview. Today's guest is renowned dancer and choreographer Timothy O'Donnell, who is currently a dancer and choreographer in residence at the Milwaukee Ballet in Wisconsin, USA. Tim, welcome to Ask a Dancer. Hello, how are you? Very well, thank you. I wanted to start by uh, tracking back a little bit to your history. You've had an amazing wide range of opportunities in your career, but I wanted to know where it all started. So what or who inspired you to become a dancer? Well, dance is really in my um, uh, blood. I was really lucky when I was a child because my grandmother held a subscription to the Australian Ballet. Um, which my mother later took over. So from the age of about seven, I was able to go and uh, see every single production they did throughout the year. So I think from a very young age, I had my eyes set on how I wanted to live my life. And it was definitely up on that stage at the Opera House. Such an amazing experience, especially for someone so young. Now, uh, looking back, are there any productions that you saw that the Australian Ballet did that really inspired you that you still remember that kind of stick in your memory? Oh, absolutely. I mean, obviously going past this, there's something amazing when you know see one of the classic ballets. The, the curtain goes up and you have this extraordinary set. But the thing that really stands out in my mind, I would have to say, would be some of the contemporary works I saw. The uh, Triple Bill, which had uh, Stanton Walsh's Red Earth and Meryl Tankard's Deep End, um, that entire uh, production was something that really burnt into my mind. And also when uh, they first did Forsyth's In the Middle Somewhat Elevated, Definitely, definitely two things that I would say heavily shape uh, me as a young creator, I would say. Fabulous. So you started off with that immersion in professional classical ballet. At the same time, were you doing any ballet training yourself? I was. I, um, my mother owned a ballet school, so, uh, and I'm the youngest of two boys. So from a young age, I was always sort of carted around the studio and uh, I really grew up in ballet so I, 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 before I took my first class which is when I was seven I was always sort of in everybody else's classes or at least if nothing else in the costume room crying on every single costume it never really I think that when I was very young it never really struck me that I have to do formal training to be a dancer I just assumed it was something I could just do so that's why it took so many years you know I guess seven is not not that late but it is a bit late to start that's why it took me so many years to actually get formally trained. And my next question was, what did you want to be when you were a kid growing up? But obviously being in the costume room, having the costumes on, seeing the ballet on stage, knowing it was very clear for you. I never questioned once that I was going to be a dancer when I grew up. Not even, not even, there was never, never a second, second, I never second guessed that at all. In fact, up until the age of, I'd say, 13, which is when I decided I wanted to um, venture into the ballet world, um, I was convinced that I was going to be fan of the opera. 
So whether it be dance or performance, I was always going to be up on that stage and I was convinced that I was going to be the person with the spotlight. And for young dancers who are training now, do you believe that that drive that you had and that understanding that this was it, there was no other options, it was going to be dance come dance or bust, do you think that's an important um, characteristic to have for a, a young impressionable dancer that thinking about dance as a career? I think it is, but I mean... You know, when it's different for everybody when they realise this is something they want to do. I mean, or can do it. I think the fact that I was exposed to so much from a young age always made it a viable career. It was always something I could do when I grew up. It wasn't just something I did for fun and enjoyed doing. I knew that I could do something with that eventually. Um, And this is what's so amazing nowadays with everybody's access to uh, the internet and to all the videos that are on YouTube. I mean, it's, you can see some of the most amazing performance art in the world and never even leave your living room. Not that I think you should, but for young people, particularly who live in rural areas perhaps, who it's it's quite a trip and quite an expensive trip to get down to the major cities to see these productions. You know, I really think they should be utilizing um, what they have and um, just searching, I mean, they don't need to know what to search for. If they just start searching, there's an, there's an endless supply of amazing dance on the internet nowadays. And there's a, there's an endless list of amazing dance that you've done in your career. What are some of the jobs that you've done that have been stepping stones to get you to where you are today? That's a very interesting question. Um, I guess in some way all jobs are stepping stones, but most interesting things I've done, um, before I was even a professional, I entered the um, AICD's uh, biannual choreographic competition. Uh, I was in the non-professional section because I was only 17, I believe, at the time. Uh, and I got first place in that, which was obviously very exciting, but also it was probably the first time in my life I suddenly went, oh, I can also do that as a job. That's something else I can do because I, I, I love to create. It's always... That was really, and I always choreographed as well, but actually winning that competition, what it really meant to me was uh, that potentially all that time I'd spent in the audience as a young person watching things, being so amazed by them, I could be creating those. I could be part of this magic. And I think that that was one major milestone for me. Um, After that, uh, when I, the next competition I did, when I was in West Australia, I had a friend from Milwaukee Valley come over and he was living with me and he saw some of my choreography and said, I need to take this to my boss because we do a choreographic competition over there. So, of course, I gave him that. That's always exciting for me. And I got into the competition um, and I won that competition too. And that really was professionally the um, the first thing that I had that, uh, changed my choreographic status, I guess. It, it really, it was the thing that said, okay, I'm not just someone who choreographs, I am a choreographer. And that was the first time that happened. So that, not just for my confidence, but also for my CV and just um, for directors and everyone out there, it, it, it told them without them having to see my work that I was sort of uh, um, not even qualified. Some, someone had someone had said, yes, this person can do it. Someone other than me had said, this person can do this and you can hire him and that'll be, and you'll be just fine if you do that. <laughs> so they were probably the most major stepping stones I've had. Wonderful. And now you do hold both titles. You are a dancer and also a choreographer in residence at your company. Which do you prefer? Which do you like best? 
Oh, I can't answer that question. I see, I see them very much as uh, two separate careers which just happen to be overlapping right now. While I don't believe there's this random set age that as soon as I get old and wrinkly, I can't dance anymore because it's been proven many times over, Barisnikov, for example, many times over that you can just dance until you stop dancing. But as far as it being a full-time career, I, I, you know, this, there's an expiry date on it for a dancer. And I know that. So right now I'm, I'm loving dancing and I just, and performing, I get so much more out of it now than I ever did before, regardless of the roles. It's something I find just so special about my career. And I'm trying to just make the most of that while I can. So I love dancing and will not stop until I have to stop. Right. When I do, I've got this other great career going on. Absolutely. That I'm completely in love with that I will continue on with. Wonderful. And throughout your, your dance career, you've um, had the opportunity to work with amazing choreographers in great companies. Are there any performances that stand out or roles that stand out that you've um, been lucky enough to perform that are your favourites? Several, and for different reasons. I, I've always loved having roles created for me um, just because it's an amazing experience. I really love that. And uh, when I first joined Milwaukee Ballet, I had um, – Marcello from Love OM created on me by our director, Michael Pink. And he is quite a genius when it comes to storytelling. Um, and so to actually go through that process with him was something which in the uh, world of my career uh, definitely has had a huge impact on me. I also was really lucky when I was in Western Australia to get to form some of Paul Lightfoot's um, work, who is currently the director of Netherlands Dance Theatre. Um, and in my opinion, one of the standout choreographers in the world right now. Uh, and to not only perform his work, but to actually have him set it on me, uh, that was that really took my breath away that whole season. Both, literally as well, because it was actually one of the hardest things I've ever done. But emotionally, it was really, it was, it was quite special. You talk about him being uh, one of the, the best choreographers in the world at the moment. Are there any other movers and shakers um, within the dance industry that you've got your eye on that really inspire you that you can see as being, you know, the next big thing? Well, I'm not sure. I, you know, I don't know if I can say that they're going to be the next big thing. They, they're definitely the big thing now, these people. I mean, for the Lightfoot Leon, which is uh, Sol Leon and Paul Lightfoot, they're actually sort of like a choreographic duet, obviously. Um, then... Wayne McGregor, who is the resident choreographer of the Royal Ballet, but also has his own company, Random Dance. Pretty much everything he does just renders me speechless. Um, in America, in America, Alejandro Carudo is has been, he's worked with Hubbard Street a lot, but has really branched out. Quite most recently, created a work on P and B, which is um, based in Seattle, Pacific Northwest Ballet, um, and he like these other two choreographers, seems to make in the impossible possible. It's he, his work defies gravity. And it's, it just, I, 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 I just don't understand what I'm watching sometimes. And it, it makes me very emotional when I watch it because it's so good. It is just so good. So they're probably the three uh, entities that I'm most closely following right now. And if your next step uh, from transitioning from a dancer to a choreographer is to work with any company in the world, who's who's on your wish list? I would what no well I don't know I don't know how to answer that question. What I would love to do at some point soon would be to work 
with a group of dancers which perhaps have a different training background. I've been working with classical dancers for a long time now and I love them and I love everything about it, but it would be really fantastic to work with, I don't know, perhaps something, uh, a group of more muscular and physically athletic dancers just because I think it really, when you work with people who move in a certain way, it definitely uh, influences me not just then but also in the future. And it's great, you know, you, when you see particular a lot of girls in a lot of contemporary companies are so physically strong that what you can do with them in a different way um, really will then inform what I try and make ballet dancers do when I go back to a ballet company. And so I think the, the more variety of people I can work with, the better for me as a whole. So anywhere is good for me right now. And the Timothy O'Donnell company one day? You know, I would love... I would love to direct a company. That's something that would be great. It'd just be my dream, though, would be that I could do that and not have to do any paperwork. <laughs> you see, I, if, if I could just have this situation where I could just be creative and have a group of dancers who just came in every day and we were just pumping out work, and that's what I did. That is my dream right there. Um, but directors of companies, and I see it, I've seen it, Firsthand, it's just there's so much work outside of that. Um, not saying I wouldn't do it, but just that if I'm going to direct a company, I would like to have minimise that sort of excess. And I'm sure everyone in any field wishes they could do that with their job to snip off the things they don't like. <laughs> Fantastic. We'll keep it in mind, um, and hopefully, you know, that's something that you can one day achieve i would love to see that you steering your own ship i would i would like that very much so what advice do you give now to young dancers wanting either a career as a professional dancer or wanting a career in choreography well i mean the answer to both is the same if you want to do it you you're gonna you have to go for it and it's it's competitive out there so if it's something you're serious about you have to commit to that you have to commit to the fact that you're probably going to have um, some setbacks in your career, probably gonna you were definitely gonna have some amazing moments. Um, but the people, the people uh, who are sort of above you, reminding you to point your feet and stretch your knees and shoulders back, and who probably annoy you half the time because they just keep saying the same things. You should be praising them because they are the people who are going to get you to where you want to go. I don't think there's anything wrong with anybody dancing just because they enjoy it. But for people who seriously want to make a career out of it. Dance is not something that happens between nine and five. If you're a dancer, you're a dancer 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So that's something to really keep in mind. It's a, it's an entire, it, it is a lifestyle for sure. Great advice. So Tim, what's next on the plans for you? Well, when I head back to Milwaukee, we've got a um, wonderful season, a season of classics at Milwaukee Ballet. So we start our season with uh, Don Quixote. We then do our Nutcracker, which we do every single year, which is a wonderful thing to do in America. It's snowing outside. We have the Genesis competition next year, which is one of the most exciting things we do over there, which is the competition I entered several years ago. So it's great to be doing that on the other side of the dancer. It's interesting and it's a lot of fun watching them all, all the choreographers stress out because I can remember that stress. Um, we follow that up with Michael Pink's Giselle and we finish the season with Cinderella. So it's all these you know, exceptional classic ballets for next year. Wonderful. And choreographically, is there anything on the horizon? Well, next year I'm creating on Milwaukee Ballet's second company, uh, which is a group of incredibly talented 
and very enthusiastic dancers. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, and into the future, there are things which I have in the pipeline, which I can't exactly speak about right now. But there is a lot more coming up in the Timothy O'Donnell choreographic world. Good to hear. Now, Tim, before we let you go, a quick quiz, a bit of a top five. Here's your opportunity to say whatever comes to your mind first and let us get to know you a little bit better. Good. All righty, here we go. What's your favourite food? Oh, pasta. <laughs> Who's your favourite dancer? Edward Watson. And your favourite company to watch? And Netherlands Dance Who's the most inspiring person um, or place to work that you've come across? Anywhere where the people who are there want to be there. And what are you most looking forward to? I would love one day to be sitting in the audience watching something that I've choreographed and just be really happy with myself. I would love to sit down and just be like, yes, that is it. That is what I've been trying to say for the last 40 years. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, Tim, thank you so much. If people want to check out Tim's work, they can go online. Timothy O'Donnell is who you're looking for. He's also dancing with the Milwaukee Ballet if you happen to be in that neck of the woods um, to see any of those beautiful classical ballets. And also Tim's choreographic work happening on the second company next year. Timothy O'Donnell, thank you so much for joining us on Ask a Dancer. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to Ask a Dancer. If you love the show, don't forget to leave feedback on the iTunes store. We have lots of exciting guests coming up. And if you have any questions that you would like me to put to our professional dancers, just tweet us at DanceQ&A and use the hashtag Ask a Dancer. Have a great day and we'll talk to you next time.